Welcome to our third of four episodes focusing on what great negotiators do to crush their negotiations. Each episode in this series will highlight five best practices that the best negotiators implement to succeed in their negotiations. Welcome to All Things Business. I'm Emil Everett. Let's get to it. In this episode, the first best practice is that great negotiators let the other party create the deal where the outcomes, the final agreement, satisfies all. What do I mean by this? They generate desirable terms through conversations, starting with the pre-negotiation meeting and throughout the negotiation itself. It's a strategic and intentional conversation that drives the negotiation forward. By letting the other party feel as if they're crafting the deal, they're more likely to embrace the negotiation terms and conditions. Think about it. Instead of telling people what you want, coach them to an agreement that rewards all involved. The coaching involves questioning that motivates, creates awareness, educates, fosters ideas, and leads them in a purposeful direction. I've utilized this strategy throughout my career. The other party's engaged, and they take ownership of the ideas they derived. They're going to want to see a successful outcome achieved because they've taken ownership of those ideas, their ideas, ideas we planted within them through proper questioning. They create and sell themselves on a deal as a result of your questioning skills. Be aware, this can easily manipulate individuals utilizing this technique. When used ethically and correctly, they will understand that moving forward and creating a deal is in their best interest. It motivates them. They get what they want, what we want, and as a result, we have a win-win negotiation. Number two, the best negotiators negotiate from a position of strength. It's incredible how many people enter into a negotiation without understanding their leverage, their power in a negotiation. As a result, they lack the confidence and usually cave pretty early in the talks. To avoid this, it begins with planning. It involves understanding where your leverage lies. What is it you bring to the table? The easiest way to identify your power, your leverage in a negotiation is by looking at yourself, your organization, your products and services, if you're in sales, and the environment you're negotiating. Then contrast that against the other party. Soon you will find separation from the other party, your leverage. Let's break it down to these sources of leverage. Here is a condensed list of over 150 plus ways that you can create leverage in any negotiation. First, yourself, your knowledge, your experience, position, authority, relationships, connections, reputation, or your power to reward or coerce provide you leverage. I try to stay away from the last one. Second, your organization gives you leverage. Your influence originates from your company's history, heritage, status, management, financials, market share, operations, or technology. Where is the value in your company? That is your leverage. Your products and services create power in any negotiation, especially if you're in sales. What is it differentiates you and your products and services from the competition? That's your leverage. Finally, the environment will include social, economic, political, and the physical environment and how it can work in your favor. When we understand our leverage and what it, brings, what it brings to the table, we can then plan how and when to utilize and communicate our leverage effectively and appropriately. Number three, great negotiators keep the end goal always in mind. In other words, they continually, throughout a negotiation, remind the other party of the desired outcome that both parties are looking to achieve. Throughout a negotiation, great negotiators tie every piece of information, whenever possible and appropriate, to remind the other party that they're seeking a mutual outcome together. The aim is to move the ball down the field. Great negotiators know that the product of their effort can be lost during a negotiation, 
for various reasons. By continuously keeping the end goal in mind, everyone is more likely to move forward collaboratively. One tool that they use to help keep everybody on track is by mapping the negotiation. The best negotiators map out the relationships in a negotiation using an instrument called a sociogram. The sociogram provides insight into the connections during the negotiation and their impact on the talks. They also map out all possible decisions in a negotiation and the possible outcomes of those decisions to see what direction the discussion may finally progress. They are continually evaluating the impact of time, money, resources, and the results they seek. The bottom line, it allows you to build a flexible game plan based on several scenarios. Number four, would you prefer to negotiate with a friend or a stranger? More times than not, you would choose a friend. Okay, I understand. Some of you would never negotiate with a friend, and I have several friends I would do the same. That said, I would prefer to deal with someone I know versus someone I don't. Great negotiators understand the value of building relationships in everyone in every negotiation with everyone involved in that negotiation. Great negotiators get to know not only the other party, but those on their team as well. They understand the toll stress can play on a negotiation by not knowing all the players in a negotiation. One way to make us feel less stressed and confident is by having strong relationships with everyone in the negotiation. Building trust and influence begins with developing a great relationship with an individual. Take an interest in them, and they'll take an interest in you. It starts with the pre-negotiation meeting. It's in these conversations that the other party has the highest likelihood of having their guard down. It's before the peripheral negotiation mode kicks into place, that winner-take-all mindset that's triggered when the actual bargaining phase of a negotiation begins. Spend this time wisely and take time to develop relationships before the need arises. Invest up front so you can have relationships in place when you need a friend's assistance. The return is immeasurable. We love to negotiate with people we like. It's a whole lot easier. There's a lot more trust. And there's the ability to get things done quicker and faster. Once again, invest time up front in developing relationships. Spend that time to develop relationships to achieve greater, faster success once the negotiation and the bargaining phase has begun. And finally, number five, great negotiators very rarely place a single offer on the table. There are two reasons for this best practice. First, when asked to make the first offer, two offers can provide you valuable information about the other party. For example, you lowball one offer and give a second option at the same time closer to the zone of possible agreement, also known as ZOPA. Then, watch the reactions, the verbal and nonverbal what is said and what is not said. It will provide you great insight as to the direction of the negotiation. The best negotiators also know by offering two options, it gets no off the table. Hearing no can be detrimental in a negotiation, especially if you hear it several times. Nobody likes to hear no. We can remove this negative element to a negotiation by offering up two alternatives at the same time. A significant outcome of this tactic, a third alternative could present itself. One quick note, never introduce more than three options. Doing so will only add confusion and create hesitancy from the other party. There you go. Five more ways to improve your negotiation skills and crush your next negotiation. That's 15 best practices in all delivered in the series so far. And we have five more in the last episode. So what have you taken away from this episode? When and where is your opportunity to use what we talked about today so you can have greater success in your next negotiation?
What questions can you ask to allow the other party to generate positive outcomes in a negotiation? Where is your leverage in an upcoming negotiation? What power can you derive from yourself, your company, products and services, the social, economic, political, and physical environment? How will you continually convey the end goal in mind in your next negotiation to keep everybody moving forward? How will you move forward in building better relationships with individuals involved in the next negotiation? Not only the other party, your team as well. Where is the next opportunity for you to start making multiple offers in an upcoming negotiation? By the way, if you're looking for those 150 plus ways to create leverage in your next negotiation, reach out to us. Let's have a conversation. We'll be happy to share. If you enjoyed this episode and don't want to miss an upcoming episode, we encourage you to subscribe. And please let your friends and colleagues at work know about our podcast. Just imagine the impact on the team if everyone listened and implemented what we talked about today. Finally, don't hesitate to reach out to us to see how we can help you and your team achieve more with leadership, sales, and negotiation skills. We will coach and train your team to better success by going deeper into the subjects we talked about today. Don't go blindly. Be prepared. Until our next episode, we wish you nothing but the best. Be safe and be well. Be well.